What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Screen Heroes, the TV and film podcast on the Heroes Podcast Network. We are doing something very different this week. For the first time, we are streaming live through Facebook on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Screen Heroes, Screen Heroes, Screen Heroes. Uh, you can come and chat with us on there. We'll probably be doing this every week now um we are virtual during the pandemic and so if you watch the live stream you can see our faces i am derek your regular host and i have my other two lovely hosts with me ryan hi and ray hi you still have yeah you guys still have to talk because yeah. you know it's still a podcast but I'm um, looking at myself. I'm making googly eyes. I'm like, making... hey, you look pretty. <laughs> this this is fun because we, we, we're playing with the Zoom background. So I'm uh, in the engineering section of a Galaxy-class starship, approximately. I don't know. It doesn't look exactly like it did on TNG, but it's, it's close. Uh, Ryan, yeah. Ryan looks like he's maybe in a sewer or something. I'm not sure why that would be. That's yeah, his living that was, room. Yeah, exactly. I didn't even use the background. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I believe Ryan picked his location of recording because this week we are celebrating the 30th anniversary of the original live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Cowabunga! <laughs> Pharaoh Jaka? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so before we kick things off, let's talk news, guys. What's going on in the world of entertainment during during this time period? COVID strikes again. Uh, Morbius and Ghostbusters and a lot of other smaller Sony picks got pushed to 2021, which is going to be the biggest movie year ever. Apparently, yeah. Every movie from both years is going to be coming out that year, yeah. Yep. That can't possibly cause any problems, I'm sure. Um, oh, no. Companies won't be competing with their selves at all. Now, That's I, I a was, weird situation. It is, yeah, it's definitely weird. I didn't really see any confirmed dates, though. I did see somebody post that Ghostbusters is slated for March 5th. Is that confirmed? Does anybody know? No. Yeah. I th- I'm pretty sure that uh, a couple of the news guys that I follow for Ghostbusters have used that same date, so... 
Okay. So, okay. March, March 5th. All right. So almost a full year away. Um, Ryan, I know that one probably hits, hits home, you know, more so for you. How do you feel about that? I mean, it sucks, but I mean, it gives them more time to get the, you know, work on CGI done if, if they want to take a little more time with it and hire more stranger things kids yeah exactly yeah Yeah. (laughs) add a little more paul rudd in there oh definitely yeah of course of course gotta have paul rudd um what else we have going on uh there's rumors that jamie lee curtis ended up joining the cast of mandalorian season two apparently she was spotted on set multiple times source is making starwars.com so a little bit more reputable than like we got this covered so it's always i always find this weird with the mandalorian production is like she was spotted on set like four months ago when it was right or and they just waited to announce it now yeah i mean i, I guess so understand it. it is weird right i mean i guess does that mean it's more likely to be true because there's no sense in letting news out at this point or is that i mean it's less likely to be true because it wasn't a big deal at the time well my thing is if she's going to be there is she going to be more of a major player or recurring character or is she going to be like baby yoda babysitter amy sadaris was it's a, a good, good question. question. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have I have no idea. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry. Thank can't you. can't be of more help to you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Well, is that it? Is that all that we have for news? I know that's it's kind of a quiet quiet times right well, now. Well, we have the bit of a Justice League Dark Apocalypse news that came out. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> That apparently they're going to actually have an end to the DC animated universe, which none of us really expected. It's kind of a weird thing, kind of out of the blue. I'm a little bummed. So they started this um, with Flashpoint. And since then, every DC animated film minus Ninja and Killing Joke were at least loosely related to each other, if not directly related. So... I'm super bummed. It's, you know, small end of an era kind of thing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to me that they decided to end it on a Justice League Dark film and not a Justice League film. Um, Well, they're supposedly bringing back the majority of the characters. Teen Titans are in it, Justice League's in it. I think Dark Which makes it even more weird, right? Right, yeah. Oh, we... They've had lots of Justice League films in this series already. Maybe yeah. they just wanted to go with a more unique title or focus on some other characters. If it's not at least like four hours, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> I know that's a lot, but you're including multiple teams in this. You're including Apocalypse and Dark Side in this. Like, it's a lot of content. And if they're going out, go out with a bang. Like, why not? So what you're saying is, is you want the Snyder cut of this film. All right. Ray has left the chat. I actually I, don't believe the Snyder cut exists and I am not one of those conspiracy theorists that need to see it. It is not going to be a better movie guys. Look, quality aside, we know that there's some version of the movie that exists. There's, I mean, that's, that's been confirmed. It's just not ever going to release. That's all. 
The rumor is still HBO Max. And I'll believe it when I see it. But, like, I don't think there's a conspiracy. I think it's very clear what happened on Justice League. It's just shitty, you know. That's all. Agreed. That's all, you know. Go ahead. No, that's it. That's all, that's all I got. That's, that's all I was going to say. No, go off. <laughs> what? Uh, all right, all right. Anyway, um, I don't know that we have any other news to cover. That's basically yeah, it. With the COVID stuff, it's all kind of quiet right now. It is. I mean, a lot of stars are doing stuff from their own homes, and some things were really cool. The iHeartRadio, Elton John just put out like a fun from their home uh, concert with Billie Eilish. The Backstreet Boys were there. It was just really interesting, and they raised some money for the COVID uh, research, so that's cool. John Krasinski created a small little news network called Some Good News. He's going to be doing a weekly thing from his home, and he had Steve Carell and Nancy Walls on. So there are some celebrities out there using their power for good and not rubbing it in our faces that they have mansions and, you know, movie theaters inside their own home. <laughs> uh, no, the, the Some Good News thing I thought was pretty cute. It was. Krasinski's adorable. So that mm-hmm. was nice. Yeah. Absolutely. We have Onward coming out on uh, on Disney Plus in a few days, which is interesting. Yes. We do. Yeah, the latest Pixar film is just going straight to Disney Plus. So that'll be nice for a lot of people, I'm sure. I'm going to check it out. I heard a lot of good things. I heard it's basically uh, Pixar D&D. So. It's Pixar D&D. And this should appeal to both of you. It's a really like heartfelt father-son story. And I know how you both feel about your fathers. So, you know, maybe get the waterworks going. Hmm. I don't have any waterworks. And I've never works? even spoken about my father. How do you know that I have one? I didn't, yeah, I didn't even know Derek had one. <laughs> I, was I thought he was a test tube baby. Engineered in a lab. I'm actually an android. I'm a synthetic. That explains a lot. It does. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, so let's, we'll, we'll go ahead and switch gears then. Uh, this is where we would pause for a break, but since we're live, I don't know how that's going to work. So we'll just, uh, we'll put tech on. support on it. Yeah. We'll move on to our main topic here. Recently on the Heroes Podcast Network, Echo Station. Well, what's the main, think... what's the main planet that Indoor, the forest moon of Indoor? It's a moon. So it's, there's a major planet, obviously, that it. Is the forest moon of Endor? Is Endor the actual planet then? See, th- isn't that confusing? <laughs> yes. Is it the forest moon of the planet Endor, or is it the forest moon called Endor? Kaiju Curry House. Because I'm just wondering, are Pokemon Kaiju? They are pocket monsters. They are pocket monsters, Paul. They're, pocket- they're monsters, yeah, aren't they? They're, they're um, just... so... They are yokai, officially. <laughs> yokai. Yeah, so, um. What's like... a yokai? Red shirts and runabouts. Something we've talked about before and other people have, but there's, there's so much of real life history involved with Star Trek from Gene Roddenberry's days, his time in the military as, as on, on a bomber pilot, as a bomber crewman, you know, James Doohan serving all these people and all these real life events that have impacted things. That's very realistic of political and military leaders kind of resigning in protest at a decision they can't control. Subscribe today at heroespodcast.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Podcast Addict, and more. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, let's do this. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 30th anniversary, the 1990 film came out. Uh, with a budget of $13.5 million, but grossed over $200 million worldwide, including nearly $67 million internationally. Because uh, it's amazing. And if you uh, adjust for inflation, it comes to over $292 million, which is pretty great. Um, where would you guys like to start with this well- film? Well, first and foremost, in our Screen Heroes group on Facebook, you did a poll, of which is your favorite turtle. Do you guys want to get into this? Are we really going to get no, into this? No, we're not going to fight. I just okay. wanted to see like what you guys picked. I don't want to fight at all about this. Well, I feel I have... like we're going to fight. Why? Because I fight about everything turtles. <laughs> so um, I can tell you the results. Donatello uh, was the winner. Um, which followed- is correct followed by Michelangelo, Leonardo, and then Raphael. Which is super surprising because all the edgelords love Raphael, and I guess we don't have that many edgelords in our group. Ray, would you like to speak for your people? Look, (laughs) I like Raphael because... Because he's so edgy. As a small child, I always thought he was the hottest. (laughs) The hottest? I always thought it was weird that the turtles had like this weird sexual attraction to April, but apparently, like that's a thing. No, it's returned. Yeah, that's I don't. Okay, this is getting weird, guys. Um. Okay. Did you, know did that, you just learn that? If for the you first guys time? tell me that you didn't have like a crush on Lola Bunny, I will just. Lola think. Bunny is not a Ninja Turtle. First off, look, I didn't have a crush on Lola. I had a crush on Raphael. There's a yeah, and one of those things is weird to have a crush on. It's obviously the turtle. Wow. All right. Well. It... For those of you who don't participate in the group, Derek picked Michelangelo and Ryan picked Donatello. Well, so Michelangelo just kind of resonates with me because he's basically the king of puns and dad jokes. So, you know, that's me. So that works. Why Donatello? Why Donatello? Because he's the best Ninja Turtle. (laughs) That's very enlightening, Ryan. Would you like to provide some more detail? I mean, who doesn't want to be the smart one? The one that actually fixes everything and the only one that's responsible. You mean the one that Ubo does the turtle? Don't bring up don't bring Ubo into this, okay? <laughs> um I, I mean, but he doesn't I mean in this movie on its own, he doesn't do much. Yeah, no, but in Secret of Views he does. That's, that's true. true. That's true. He so, fixes like everything in Secret of Views. <laughs> he's amazing. 
This one, he's literally just Corey Feldman. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Uh, so just for some quick context, I believe I'm the only one out of the three of us that has not seen the third film. Is that right? There's a third film? But it's called seen it though, right? Turtles in Time, and they're basically wearing green pajamas the whole time. <laughs> yes, I've seen it, but I have not watched it since I was a kid and realized how absolutely terrible it was. Fair enough. I, I I know bits and pieces about it. I you know, but I never got a chance to. They bring Casey it. Jones back. That's the only good thing that happens. Mm. And they steal a title from the best Ninja Turtles video game. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to cash in on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but. This movie, of course, is, is much more serious than the other two, uh, regardless of, of any quali- qualitative statements. It's of a darker, more serious tone. Um, you know, it wasn't really geared towards toy sales like the second one was. They do use their weapons quite a bit uh, in this film. And I think it's just, it's shot in a more sophisticated way. Um, in particular, one thing I, I just want to get out of the way before, in case I forget it, the first shot of Shredder when he's walking down the corridor and you kind of have the, the downward shot, just the way the lighting works and the shadows work, that's my favorite shot in the movie, personally. It's very artistic. I just, I just think he looks seriously badass. But there's a, the, that is great, but there is a lot of really good cinematography in the movie. I mean... I don't know if I could say that's my favorite, but it's definitely a good one. You know, you, you get the imagery of all the four turtles meditating in the forest, essentially, around the campfire and summoning a splinter. That was great. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of really good, looking at it now from a more, more critical perspective, uh, it, it, there's a lot of really good camera stuff that happens in this movie. It's very impressive, actually. It feels it doesn't feel like a 1990 movie. It, it feels closer to a more modern movie in the way it was shot. Yeah, I mean, since the the suits were all practical and there were people in them, like, there's not much that that ages poorly in here. There's not like a special effects scene that really jumps out to me that that looks bad. I think it, they really look pretty impressive the way their mouths move, how well the guys could actually fight and move around in the suits uh, holds up pretty damn well. Yeah, it was all done by the Henson Company, so you know that, and you can see that like. I wouldn't know that just looking at the suits, but you can definitely tell when you look at Splinter and the way he moves that it's, it looks a lot like dark crystal puppetry. So, Oh yeah. So Ray, what are, what are some of your thoughts? We've been rambling. Oh no, you're good. I completely agree. The movie looks amazing back to uh, shredder just a bit. So his costume, I believe is one of the more surprising elements i didn't realize as a kid and this is gonna sound like me shitting on it and i'm not uh how sparkly it was like he's basically wearing a zebra print cape that is like a shiny lame and the uh red fabric is completely sparkly too and it just looks badass like i i don't know if a costume designer would have the balls to do that with a villain nowadays especially after you know big fox x-men movies and the mcu have kind of defined the way villains look lately but it was it's just a bold move and i think it paid off because all that light and darkness contrast that they did when they shot him it looked really cool yeah i think uh it, it wasn't even just in this one the second one he has a bright sparkly purple uh, uh shirt and you know scab- or whatever that type of uh, 
uh, costume is called. But yeah, I mean, they went with some kind of opposite decisions of what you would expect. And Shredder feels like a really scary villain. You don't really see his face until the very end. And, uh, you know, you, I would be scared of him. For sure. No, I don't care how sparkly his costume is. Yeah, the dude's um, walking around with knives everywhere on him. <laughs> yeah, and I think it it worked a lot better than when you look at the more modern TMNT movies, the live action ones. He wasn't really threatening or scary in those movies, and so I, I don't know. Even in this movies, it was a lot yeah. better. He was a weird, distorted Megatron kind of thing, and it was difficult to follow the fight and keep your eye on, so I like the turtles more down to earth and not really like gritty i still like that they're kind of family friendly but the fight scenes are gritty you know they're not crazy over the top spectacles well i think you know comparing it to the to the newer ones it's one of michael bay's things when you look at the transformer films it's just kind of like a mesh of cgi metal that moves around Versus in this one, because it's all practical effects, people had to do these things in some capacity, right? And that just makes it feel more grounded and mm-hmm. easier to kind of see what's happening. Um, you know, and the, the fights are a little bit lower scale too. I mean, even when you're, you're in the antique store, you know, and there's like 40 of the foot fighting the turtles um you know it's still a smaller setting it's still more grounded it's still a situation where like the stakes aren't as high mm-hmm. i think well, one of the advantages this movie had in 1990 is that stakes for a film could still be relatively small like yeah lives of course were on the line but like the city wasn't going to be completely destroyed by a sky beam right yeah. like like in the new one it was still you know we have to save splinter and the crimes that are happening are thefts and burglaries, not really like mass murder or, or anything like that. And they could have it that smaller scale. Like the really tragic thing that happens in this movie is April's entire place is completely destroyed in the and fire. Splinter is kidnapped. Yeah, but he, he makes it through and survives. I'm saying she loses everything. She loses her dad's antique store, all of those memories that she was keeping alive, her entire home, all of that's destroyed. And that's really sad. But in a modern film, you'd have like an entire city block would be destroyed. You know, I, I did like a lot that there is a large emphasis on the fact that they are teenagers. They mentioned more than once that they're 15 year olds and they behave as such as well. They're not fully prepared to make grown up decisions. And that I feel was a bit ignored in the newer ones there was they felt more like adults in the newer ones because they look like monsters you know and there's you can't relate to them at all the way that they were sculpted for this one they look young it's true i think that was a big selling point for it but yeah going back to april um might as well talk about her a little bit she was great judith Uh, hope's wonderful yes she's a wonderful person in real life but she was a wonderful april this was an april that was not just a uh pretty thing for the turtles to carry around with them she was tough on her own right she uh her and casey jones relationship i would i'm really interested to talk about that with rachel but um i i love it and you know watching it now there's we can call uh call casey jones captain toxic toxic masculinity if you'd rather um but 
I still love their relationship. Obviously, now I see some things that might be a little different than they were in 1990, but um, she was great, and she was uh, definitely a highlight of the film. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She is an incredible journalist, and that's always my least favorite thing is when they just make a woman the journalist, and then she's just a bad one, too. Like, that was my issue with Lois Lane and the Christopher Reeve movies. Like, she was just a bad journalist. And so Amy Adams really made that great when she figured who Superman was in like the first 30 minutes of the film. And is same with uh, April O'Neil here. Like she didn't back down, even though her job was on the line, she got fired. And at the very end, when everything turned out, hey, she was right. She negotiated to be the top paid newscaster in the city. So the character is incredibly strong, driven, intelligent. She's a great role model and a fantastically developed character for something that easily could have been crap like we've seen with the newer movies i agree <laughs> so okay so you guys ryan you wanted to talk with ray about her relationship with casey so yes because i see i mean going back and watching it as an adult and the me too movement and everything like that there's a couple questionable things that are done uh by casey he doesn't like sexually assault her or anything but the the forced massage scene uh was you know it's a little questionable um so i'm curious what rachel thinks of just in general the relationship between casey and april if it's if it's good still if it's uh problematic in all fairness as an adult watching this i definitely don't think it's the worst relationship that we've talked about going back and watching some of these old movies um i think casey jones is an absolute idiot like he's just not very smart at all but that's and accurate it, it <laughs> well i mean not every casey jones has been that much of an idiot no but originally he was a pretty big idiot yeah that's fair um uh, my only issue with the massage thing is that he went really low like he was like on top boob and it, like there's there's a definite difference between my boobs and my shoulders so like you should really just stay there well, hold on now as a man i don't really feel like there's a difference it's all the same <laughs> isn't it i mean i i don't know i'm not very good with anatomy so um i mean aside from that it really just felt like their romance was a bit forced it seemed a little undeserved but i guess in the end they're not in love or moving in or getting married she just wanted to kiss him after everything was said and done and hey he was the only guy that was of legal age humanoid and uh, not her boss so why not make out with that guy even though he just murdered someone <laughs> A straight up cold blooded murder, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. He doesn't murder anybody. Who does he murder? Shredder. You mean the guy in the second film? How dare you? <laughs> we I mean, don't know he's alive at the end of this film. No, you don't know he's alive, but he's alive. Like he's the big bad guy. He's he has to become super shredder. In a dump truck. Like. His helmet yeah, you literally is see his but then his helmet is fine in the next movie. So clearly helmet. Some, that's where yeah, Kylo just, Ren got the idea. He just happened to claw out of the junkyard and be like, I'm going to forge a helmet before I go back to the foot. <laughs> it is a different helmet, to be fair, but it looks identical other than the saw blades around the edge. I mean, all I'm hearing is it's a different helmet. Whatever. So, <laughs> look, I'm just saying before we call him a murderer, it's important to know that the person he supposedly killed is alive. 
Okay, so what do we think about Casey Jones just in general? He has very toxic masculinity. The the whole like claustrophobic joke. And oh, I, he, lo- I still laughed at that. I gotta he be honest. Mixes it up with you know being accused as homosexual. Like it's not even remotely the two same words. No, but it is funny though. Like I don't know. I found it funny. It was the first it's time like I. He's, I it's like he's insulting joke. homosexuals. He's just like. No, he's not confused. I think I think my my main problem with Casey Jones is he's just inexplic inexplicably involved. Try again. Right? Whatever. He's just involved <laughs> seemingly for no real reason. Like he watches Raph, you know, across the way, and I guess he sees the foot jump him, and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna go help." And then the place burns down, and he ends up on the farm, and he's like along for the ride. And I mean, it works because it creates a nice dynamic, but the explanation is just kind of thin. Is it? Because, I mean, he has a relationship with Raph right there, you know, from that begin- that first moment when you see him help Raph out and they fight or whatever. But then he sees Raph getting attacked on the roof. That's why he shows up. He doesn't just randomly show up at the antique store. He's no, a vigilante. He's like, he, this is his thing. And so he sees that happen and he decides he needs to go over and help because he sees 40 dudes jumping one guy. Sure, but like when they're on the farm, they're there for days and he's just chilling there. Like, does he not have a job? Does he not have a home? His job is being a vigilante. I mean, that doesn't pay the bills. You know what you I don't mean? Know he, that. Doesn't, he doesn't have any bills. Well, he, he has to buy food. Does he? Does he not? He lives off justice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> justice satiates him. I'm just, I'm just saying that, you know, April is the only one who has a job. So even like the turtles and Splinter, I'm not sure where they get their money from, you know, and then you add in Casey on top of that. And so you have, you know, six characters, there's seven main characters. Six of them have no way of of having any kind of income. It's just a little weird. I mean, he said he was a hockey player that was professional for a year. So, you know, sports stars do get money. So I imagine he had some money from that. We don't know when that was in relation to the movie. (laughs) That's true. We do not. We so he had a job, Derek. But he doesn't in the film. I mean, not that he ever shows. Maybe he works in housewares at S-Mart. We don't know. It's fine. Look, <laughs> that's all just as believable as Raph going to the movies in that trench coat and nobody noticing that he's not human. He didn't go see a movie. <laughs> yes, he did. He left, saw that Critters was playing, didn't want to watch it and then saw a purse snatch. So he went after that. He didn't actually watch a movie. But it implies that he's been to the movies. That yeah. wasn't the first time he's ever done it. So I'm just saying yeah. when, when he went to go see a movie, whatever movie, like Rocky, because Ro- you know, Rocky's quoted in this movie. You Derek, know? that's I know all you circumstantial evidence. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, but even your, to your point, Derek, even Casey, who gets an up close look at Raph, calls him a green, a punker in green makeup. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't have humanoid features, Casey. I know you're not the smartest guy. You've taken some, <laughs> taken some headshots, but, you know, come on. I mean, at least that was like in the dark in the park. You know, Raph is going like to a ticket counter, and I, I guess he just doesn't get snacks during the movie. He just goes straight, sits down. You put a lot of thought into this. I did. I really did. Yeah. What are some of your favorite one-liners? Like, what do you quote when you quote this movie? 
Uh, I mean, the class is Pain 101. Pain 101 is uh, one of my favorites from Casey. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't quote this movie very much, to be honest with you. Uh, I quote bad. the second one more, if I'm honest. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, the second one's definitely, because it's sillier. It's just more quotable from that well, standpoint. Yeah. This one, a lot of the one-liners are quotes from other films or takes from other films or just single lines like Cowabunga. I guess, you know, Splinters, I made a funny, you know, that comes up from time to time when I was a kid, but. No, I always liked Raph in the park when he's like, you got to understand what a crumpet is. Too. That's another great one. All, right? all the things I quote are from that one scene. That's a good oh, one. Jose oh, really? Canseco bat. Tell me you didn't pay money for this. <laughs> or like I do do the one where uh, Michelangelo is chewing the bar, the like whatever that is. And he, can you crunch that any louder? You know, when he's eating it. Or is that the second one? I can't remember. They're all, they're all the same. All I the love same. when uh, Mikey and Donatello are watching TV and he's like, just ninja kick the damn rabbit. Like, I laugh <laughs> oh, every yeah. time I hear that. No, that's the same That's the same team, so it has to be the first one. Yeah. Yeah, see, but I, to Ryan's point, I kind of remember lines from the second one better, you know, like combat cold cuts, for example. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yelling know? that is hilarious. <laughs> I always wanted to try that, but I never... I never had a chance. What do you guys think is the best Ninja Turtle song? T U R T L E Power or the Ninja Rap? Uh, I think the, in the context of the movie, the T U R T L E Power is the better one. But just outside of that, like which one am I going to listen to in my car? It's going to be Ninja Rap. Clearly. And I do listen to it in my car very loudly with the windows down. Makes go, ninja, sense. Go, Ninja, go. <laughs> But apparently that ruined the whole movie for everybody and ruined the whole franchise as a whole. So Yeah, they I'm totally the jumped a shark jumped by a shark having with that one. a dance scene in the middle of a 90s film. That yeah, never featuring happened. a 90s rapper that lasts right. two minutes. Oh, ruined the whole franchise for the, everything before and everything after. Because uh, no, the whole tone for the second film was designed to be more kid-friendly, to be designed to sell toys. I mean, it was kind of used as a blueprint for what Batman became in the 90s well, didn't that stupid mom censorship group in the 90s like go after the turtles for all the violence and the weapons and the language things like that i i could have sworn that i was a huge part in why the second one is such is way more toned down yes that was a big part of it um so. to to the to your point about the second one being more about selling toys, Derek, I look at it a different way. I didn't see that second one as more for selling toys. The first one for me is more of like a comic uh, cartoon hybrid. The second one is yeah. definitely geared more towards the cartoon crowd, which certainly were the ones buying toys, but I don't see any more Secret of the Ooze toys than I see from the first movie. There was pretty much one toy line that came out oh, and sure. it wasn't related to either of those movies yeah, so yeah. i mean i don't see it i don't see it the same way i definitely feel like they were just gearing it more towards kids and the cartoon fans than they were with the first one so um you know whereas batman forever and those were clearly made for toys yeah this sure was, this is a little different in that sense but like the turtles had a very similar toy model to batman where there were like 30 different versions of each character you know where you had like man i have the i have the uh the rock and roll ninja turtles i have all four of them i even have the bus that opens up to like the concert stage thing like 
that wasn't but even I mean, from anything. You know? Yeah, it was. That was from the cartoon. That was from an episode of the cartoon. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. It like was. No, I was just going to say the Ninja Turtles toys eventually went off the rails and they just started mutinizing every single uh, animal known to man and uh, it would be in like one scene of the cartoon and there'd be a toy. The cartoon was 100% responsible for all the weird toys out there. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I mean, in the Batman realm, a lot of the stuff that you saw in the Batman toys were in the movies. I yeah. remember distinctly the McDonald's uh, Batman Returns toys uh, with the penguin with the spinning umbrella on the car or whatever, the rubber duck. Um, but I can't, I did, do you remember a Toka and Razor toy from no. the 90s? Yeah, no. that's what I mean. So I don't think this one was done for a toy line nearly as much. The cartoon was 100% and this was geared towards cartoon fans. But yeah, I think yeah. I made the point. I don't need to keep dragging it out. You're good. <laughs> Um, Ray, to answer your question about the songs, though. um, Oh, yeah, back to that. I I actually, before we we rewatched this first one, I forgot that it had a dedicated song. Well, that's because it's only in the credits. It's not in the movie at all, which I'm sure if it was. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's in like their farm montage, then maybe it would have jumped the shark in the first movie. Who oh, knows? God. I do like how it, 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 you know, it was the film was made in the 80s, even though it was released in the 90s, and it had the 80s training montage, you know, true to form. I appreciated that. And <laughs> if it was you're great. Gonna, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you're going to quote Rocky, you got to do Rocky. Like, That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I. D- the farm is probably like the be- some of the best parts of the movie, in my opinion. You got the most like personal moments between the turtles, between April and Casey, between Casey and the turtles, between April and the turtles. Uh, you know, the scene with Casey and Donatello fixing the truck, which is kind of the only part where Donatello shows his intelligence or like ability to build things. Um, I love that. You know, they're calling each other names going down the alphabet. And, uh, you know, Casey knows the alphabet. So that shows you right there that he has at least a basic intelligence. But um, yeah, some, some of that stuff and the scene where they're all meditating and, and the ghost splinter kind of comes up communicating with them uh, along with the training montages. I love the whole farm and seeing the turtles outside of the city was great. Yeah, I agree. There are some really good parts. Uh, Derek and I were discussing last night when we were watching that the only part that feels out of place is April all of a sudden narrating. And I know they needed to do some exposition, but because she doesn't narrate any other time of the film, it seems a little odd as an adult. As a kid, of course, I didn't effing care. (laughs) But as an adult, that was the only part, the entire movie that felt out of place to me. Yeah, for for me, it seemed like they were trying to bank on like the Sarah Connor concept, but because it's only that moment, it just didn't quite work. Yeah, I mean, it, 
I guess I wouldn't say for me it didn't work, but it definitely stood out as a moment yeah. that was a little different than the rest of the movie. But I I loved seeing her draw. Like yeah. they really they really went far and pushed hard to make her a multi-dimensional character and not just you know this. I mean, Sarah Connor in the first movie was a pretty one-dimensional character, mm-hmm. right? But they went the opposite way with April O'Neil and and really gave her a lot. She was talented at a lot of things. And um, I really like that. And that scene where you see her draw Leo and, you know, all these, and draw the other turtles. I, I liked that a lot. I thought that was great. That This movie is really successful with that, in my opinion, because each character, uh, including Splinter, is pretty well developed. They have their strengths, their flaws, their hobbies, their interests. They, like, it's not just different color archetypes you know they easily could have made every single person just a different stereotype and it wasn't like that no there was even sam rockwell who was barely in the movie had character development he absolutely did and i never noticed it was him until this last rewatch so this must have been the first thing i ever saw him (laughs) It probably was. This was a really early... I mean, he looked very young, so mm-hmm. this was a very early movie for him. He was supposed to be a teenager. I don't know if he really was, but he was believable, so... Mm-hmm. There was one relationship in this movie that has always confused me, and even still, as an adult, I'm not... It still feels weird, like I'm missing something, and that's April and her boss. And that, for like, when I was a kid, I thought they were, like, exes, and Danny was also her kid. Any reason why? Because they were always in each other's houses, like their their homes, you know. And she's like getting ready, and he's like there, and it was just I don't know. It just it always felt more than just a work relationship. Okay. It felt more personal, and as with the kid involved, I just assumed that they had some type of private relationship outside of work. But now watching it, I guess that's not the case. But it just still feels weird. Does it? The boss going over to her house is definitely weird. Like, I don't think I would let my boss watch me get ready for work. Um, But I never got any, like, weird tension or, like, relationship vibe from them. Not, Not like that. More just the situational thing. Like, he's at her place twice in the movie. Yeah. Right? And he brings Danny there one of those times because that's when he has the opportunity to steal the money from her. You know, and she just, like, the way she talks to him, it seems like she just knows him pretty well and has known him for years. And it just felt a lot more personal than just a a boss-colleague type relationship. That was all. I think relationships are different these days than they were back then. And, you know, it was a small newscaster group. They were probably all pretty close. Um, But, you know, yeah, I don't know if if they going over twice to her place in one movie is too much it probably is but I, it never really bothered me i guess i didn't put that much thought into it i was more concerned why she didn't address the fact that the kid was looking under her kitchen table for no reason like i would have at least been like what are you doing because yeah, that's, that's not weird. normal behavior it's true i mean he could have dropped something it's also not weird enough behavior i think to warrant like a scene of exposition I. I would have asked. <laughs> if Ryan came over to our house and started looking under our kitchen table, I'd be like, what are you doing? 
So. Oh, well, yeah, I usually wait until you guys leave the room before I start going through your stuff. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right. So what else do we have here? So we, we have the, um, the, the foot clans, like main headquarters with the arcade and the skate center and, and smoking, lots of smoking, lot, yep. lots of smoking. Um, I definitely feel like hook kind of ripped off the design of this place with oh, like skateboarding everywhere and all that kind of stuff. Did you, did you guys feel that way? I didn't get that vibe from it, but I do think it's funny because I know how much you love hook and to say they ripped something off from this movie warms my heart a little bit well <laughs> i i think they got the inspiration for this from the pinocchio pleasure island because between all the kids smoking cigars playing pool playing poker like that's exactly what that was and uh then ninja turtles was like but let's add a skate ramp and video games and then steven spielberg was like okay but i'm gonna make a lot of money off of this <laughs> So it's just, you know, good ideas beget good ideas. It was like convenient ways to do product placement though. Like there's Pepsi everywhere and uh, bazooka gum and what would Archie else? comics made Archie an comics. appearance. It all, it all made sense. Yeah. I love when product placement makes a ton of sense. That makes things so much better. And in the nineties and eighties, there was a lot of gratuitous product placement. So seeing it make sense was nice. Burger Absolutely. King. There were Whoppers. They were eating the Whoppers. Yeah, um, yeah. Domino's, so I, of course. I thought that. Yeah, right. Dom, oh man. Okay. So I told Ray this. Uh, so the Domino scene where the the guy drives on the the moped. Yeah. When I was a kid and first saw this, and keep in mind when this movie came out, I was only three years old. I thought that all pizza delivery guys had to drive like a scooter moped like that. I thought that well, was Well, just- that holds up in the second movie too. It does. It totally does. So I thought that was the rule. Like when you became a pizza delivery guy, they gave you, like you had one of these vehicles and that's how you delivered your pizza. Did that make you always want to be a pizza delivery guy? It definitely was disappointing when I found out that that wasn't the case and you had to just <laughs> use your own car. Do you think that's where your lifelong love of Domino's came from? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it didn't hurt, man, to know that the pizza of choice by the Turtles was Domino's. It's true. I mean, that was some badass marketing for Domino's. Yeah. Coming from a pizza lover, you know, yeah. I never liked Domino's in the 90s. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a big selling point for them. No, Domino's in the 90s was disgusting. Nobody ate that. It was the Turtles really did, bad. apparently. <laughs> my family did. That was, like, the only pizza my dad would eat, so. That's disgusting. Um, they made it look amazing, though, in the movie. They did. <laughs> it was cheap in the 90s, you know? It was, it was very, very cheap. There was a lot of times throughout the movie where Derek was like, huh, I didn't get that as a child. I didn't get that as a child. I didn't understand that. Was and this now the first time you've watched it since you were a child, Derek? Um, it's probably the first time that I've watched it in the last 10 years or so. Wow. At least. I and it holds it. up for you. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. Because um, I know the second one much better because, first off, my little brother preferred the second one. And the second one was on TV more. And so we just, that one was on, like, all the time. So I know the second one. And this one just wasn't on as much. And um, now that I own them, going back and rewatching it, like, when um, – Danny says that he's had some like pizza left over, you know, and they go and they check it and they have like the whole little funeral for the penicillin. Pizza. Yeah. I didn't get that joke as a kid. Like I didn't understand what was wrong. I thought like maybe it was toppings they didn't like or something. And now I'm like, Oh, right. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that was a joke that was geared towards kids. So yeah. 
but I mean, it, it wasn't is, inappropriate. It's just a smart so, joke. Yeah. And it was another point to Donatello for being like the intelligent one. Cause you know, it's not like every 15 year old connects that penicillin was developed from mold. Right. <laughs> True. Right, exactly. So there were there were a lot of little moments like that that I just, you know, either didn't stick with me or I just completely missed over the years. Mm-hmm. Do you guys ever pay full price for late pizza? No, wise man told me not to. Yeah, it's true. Michelangelo. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. He's not actually that wise. He's actually the stupidest of all the turtles. <laughs> You're just trying to hurt Derek's feelings. No, it's fine. It's like, sometimes people who want to joke and bring joy to people's lives are thought to be less intelligent for that reason. And it's just, it's sad, really. And sometimes they aren't. Anyway, is, go it, ahead, Rachel. I was going to say, is this your guys' favorite Turtles movie? Yes. No. Okay, Ryan. Secret of the Use is my favorite Turtles movie. Yeah, really? that's fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's the one I watched over and over and over again as a kid, much like your brother did, Derek. And um, the first one is a better movie. Uh, Leaps I would and not ever argue <laughs> that. It is absolutely a better movie. But I think the second one, um, I watched it again today before the podcast, and it still holds up. The suits got improved. Um, the uh, choreography got improved. Yes, they don't use their weapons, and a lot of people have a problem with that because they made it kid-friendly or whatever, but, you know, growing up, my justification for that was that they were improving on their martial arts and didn't need to use their weapons as much. Um, You know, you're not going to go randomly stab somebody with a sword over a random burglary on the street or something, so. I mean, um, you are. Well, some people might. (laughs) Not the turtles, because they're clearly too good of martial artists to need that. Um, But... You know, and, and at the end with the Super Shredder, I always thought Super Shredder was such a cool idea, um, you know, giving giving somebody who's already such an amazing fighter a serum to make them even stronger. The same serum that the Turtles mm-hmm. had uh, is a cool concept for me. But um, yeah, Secret of the Use was always my favorite. De- but definitely the first one is absolutely a better movie and rewatching it yesterday really kind of cemented that for me even more. No, I think that's fair. I mean, I, th- I think the second one's certainly more enjoyable to watch because it's a more lighthearted film. Um, you can tell the budget was higher too. You notice that like right out, right out the gate that the budget seems higher. The whole scene with uh, Kino and the pizza delivery and, you know, uh, New York City and everybody's eating pizza. But it's not Domino's this time. They didn't pay enough. Actually, they didn't use any actual pizza company. It was like Papa Kino's or something like that. I, I, I always wondered, and I never bothered to look into it, why they didn't bother, like, why isn't it Bebop and Rocksteady in the second one? Because you know they were supposed to be. I, yeah, I don't have an answer for that. Mm-mm. Not that there's anything wrong with Toka and Razor. They're super cool, right? It's just, like, there was an expectation, and they're different. But the snapping turtle... There, are, there is a snapping turtle mm-hmm. character in the cartoon, mm-hmm. so you know I don't know that it was necessarily supposed to be Bebop and Rocksteady, but definitely like I don't know they were definitely taking inspiration from other characters. But yeah, it was weird that they didn't just straight up go with Bebop and Rocksteady or like characters that are more well known from the cartoon or comics. Right. I was always really upset that like the third movie wasn't a bebop and rocksteady team up with toka and razor and it's a four-on-four kind of thing like i i 
the going back in time to feudal Japan just seems really silly considering where everything was before and making more monsters with the ooze always seemed like the continuing step so that's that's what I wanted to see and then maybe Krang shows up like maybe I don't know I mean I'm with you there and especially if you're gonna call your movie you know Turtles in Time you might as well follow some of the plot for Turtles in Time and they don't go back to feudal Japan in that movie in that video game at all um you know there's other there's really cool stuff in that video game i i mean having krang would have been super cool i don't know if they were ambitious enough back then to do such a thing probably not but i mean it didn't really work in the the second movie i forget what it was called but uh oh through uh yeah in the shadows through the shadows something shadows out of the shadows out of the shadows I don't know. Shadows were involved. <laughs> the biggest disappointment in the franchise for me is what happened to Casey in the second movie. Agreed. You know, he was such a cool part of the first one. My only thought is that like a lot of the grit and violence comes from him. You know, he's straight up hitting people with baseball bats and cricket bats and hockey sticks. And these are things that kids can actually easily get their hands on. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I have a feeling that it's something to do with that, but um, it's disappointing because uh, Elias Codius was great and you know he, he comes back in the third one yeah. and so what happened in that second one you know that movie could have been even better with Casey in it mm-hmm. but I think I think you hit the reason though I think it's just because his, his character is the edgiest character in the movie and mm-hmm. because he's not one of those martial arts experts he's not a ninja in any sense of the term but he is a better fighter than Raphael. he beats Raphael. but it's it is street violence though yes. right that any kid could like pick up those weapons for and i really think that you're right i think that's the reason i do like the fact that they kind of uh stuck with that that casey jones in the comics was always a better fighter than the turtles individually mm-hmm. that was his thing like he's not smart but he's really a good fighter and they actually kept to that in the movie, but the turtle that is like supposed that is alleged to be the best fighter in the group, um, you know, it gets beaten by Casey. So I think that's great. Casey's definitely an asset, which is why I don't mind that he has a lot of other personality flaws is in the end he is a good friend to the turtles in april and he definitely bails them out of some bad situations multiple times so and he's, he's flawed like, yeah. he's the best fighter but like he has big flaws he's an idiot he's scared <laughs> he's cla- uh, he's agoraphobic or whatever claustrophobic yeah um so you know he has issues and that's it's another testament to how far they went to develop all these characters and make them feel relatable mm-hmm uh how old were you guys or at what point in your life did you find out that the turtles was kind of adjacent to daredevil or inspired by daredevil i was much older yeah Yeah. only a few years ago i think ryan was the one who told me actually (laughs) yeah I, i was probably a teenager when i found out so i mean i saw those movies when i was uh six and seven years old and i didn't find that out for probably another 10 years nice and I'm not, I'm not familiar with daredevil until the new show came out you know like i had seen the ben affleck movie and that was it and so when they started talking about the hand and everything i think i made like an offhanded comment about the hand and the foot and ryan was like well yeah <laughs> so. 
Yeah. There's You're getting splinter it. You're putting the pieces together. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually did a huge essay on Ninja Turtles uh, when I was in high school. So that's when I found out. Do you still have it? I want to read it. I could probably dig it up. I'll look for it. Yeah, send Ooh. it to me. I want to read it. We could cool. do it, have it have Ray do a reading as a bonus episode. Ooh, there you go. No. <laughs> but she has to wear her April O'Neil costume when she does it. Woo! Yes. yes. <laughs> Derek's very happy with that. One of my favorite shots I've ever taken is of you in that costume. So. All right. Well, this got weird. It, a little sorry. bit. Sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> that as a photographer, I have photos that I am proud of and and, and like and. Whatever. Of your wife. That's so gross. Yeah, so super gross, weird. Derek. Jeez. So gross. <laughs> Calm yourself. Jeez. We're on a live <laughs> podcast. I can see you breathing hard already. You guys want to cover anything else on TMNT? Uh, first of all, that's my favorite Turtles movie. The animated one that came out in uh, like 2007, 2008. But this one is the second. Uh, it, it is a damn good movie that also characterizes very well and develops very well martial arts is really fun and patrick stewart plays the bad guy so that should always be the thing um i i think that's really it we talked quite a bit about this movie it's yeah, good we stuff did. Yeah, I think this was Jim Henson's, the, the first one was Jim Henson's last movie that he worked on, if I remember oh, right. Really? There's a, like, one of the last photos of him professionally was with one of the actors in the turtle suit. Um, so, yeah. Uh, to throw in a fun fact, from last week, we talked about The um, uh, Last Dragon and mm -hmm. er Ernie Reyes Jr. and Ernie Reyes Sr. being in that movie and their crossover with this. Well, something uh, that I didn't mention last week was that not only did er Ernie Reyes Jr. play Kino in the second one, he also did, he was in the suit for Donatello in the first one and did the fight choreography as Donatello. Nice. That's really cool. So he's, he's, he's great. And uh, he kind of made my childhood martial arts love because he was in a lot of the films um, that I loved based around martial arts. And he, is a fantastic martial artist because the second one all the choreography does he does is amazing and the first one doing all that shit in the donatello suit crazy yeah so well that's awesome i mean that's that a fun fact cool. to me maybe it's not as fun as other no people. it's it's really good i like yeah. it i think that's awesome um anything else before we wrap up i'm good yeah all right well, that's our 30th anniversary discussion for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first live action film. Next week, we will be celebrating the 15th anniversary of the Sin City film. Uh, so we'll be talking about Sin City as well as probably bits and pieces from the sequel, A Dame to Kill For. Um, no, we won't. Well, I might bring it up because I've seen both films and I think there's some interesting comparisons to be made. So if you haven't seen Sin City, uh, I recommend you go ahead and check that out before our episode next week. You definitely need to watch it. Ryan, how can people connect with you? Hold up. You were going to announce something, mofo. Oh, I was. I was. I was. Well, Ray, why don't you go ahead and take the lead on that? Because this was your idea. Okay. So since we 
unfortunately all miss Planet Comic Con. And uh, when we're there, we usually do a fun interactive panel involving, you know, Star Wars or Marvel. Um, I've created fun little brackets, so we'll be able to do it in the Screen Heroes uh, group on Facebook. You should definitely check that out. There will be a different bracket about once a month and uh, each day we'll have like a fun little fight. So it'll, it'll be just a, a way to continue our panels without actually doing them. <laughs> so this Friday, which uh, the date is actually April 3rd, we will be kicking this off. So our very first matchups will be our MCU tournament that we were going to do for the panel this this march uh for planet comic-con so that'll be our first matchups will be for the mcu so join us uh facebook.com slash groups slash screen heroes to uh vote in those polls for that tournament very good thank you for reminding me ray yeah my job uh okay so ryan how can people reach out to you if they would like I'd really prefer you didn't, but if you feel the need to, uh, you know, you can look me up at Buster Props. We're not doing much right now because of COVID uh, scaring away all our customers and making them spend their money on things like rent and groceries. Uh, so, you know, go buy something from me would be the best way to get a hold of me because I'll love you forever. But also the Screen Heroes group. I do uh, start arguments on there a lot. So It's true. Those are fun. Um, fun for you, maybe. <laughs> They're very serious for me. I didn't say they're not serious, but they can be both. Um, Ray, what about you? I'm at Siren Ray on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You know, can hit me up and we can talk about turtles there. And I am, of course, the Star Trek dude. We are Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. You can find us on Twitter at Screen Heroes Pod. You can stream our show at heroespodcasts.com or you can uh, subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addicts, Spreaker, you name it. And again, join our group. Be sure to, to hit us up, facebook.com slash groups slash Screen Heroes. We'll be Woo. back next week to talk Sin City. Thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Cowabunga.